Germán Titov was the second Soviet cosmonaut to circle the Earth, but the first to visit America. When Yuri Gagarin became the first man in space in April 1961, the Soviets were as surprised as anyone by their success. They hadn't really thought of a second act. They scrambled, and that August they followed up Gagarin's historic triumph with Titov's flight, which was a full 17 orbits compared to Gagarin's one. The Americans didn't get a man into orbit until February of 1962, when John Glenn circled the globe three times. That was enough for the Kennedy administration to pretend that NASA had achieved some sort of parity with the Ruskies, and that meant it was okay to let a cosmonaut come tour the country. A gesture of goodwill, a brief thaw in the Cold War. It didn't go quite as planned. Tidoff arrived in New York on April 29, 1962, accompanied by his wife Tamara and a KGB chaperone, General Nikolai Kamenin. After a couple of days of taking in the bright lights of the big city, they flew to Washington. The Tidoffs spent two days there, led around by John Glenn and his wife Annie. At the Washington Monument, Tidoff showed off his English. Asked what he thought of the monument, he embarrassed the straight arrow Glens by drawing shit. We got obelisk in South Moscow, 1,500 meters. Shiat was evidently his favorite English word, and he used it often during the trip, though there's no record of his saying it when he met President Kennedy and Vice President Johnson at the White House. The Glens invited the Soviets to their home in suburban northern Virginia for an all-American barbecue. Glenn struggled with the grill, and somehow, just as the visitors' limos drove up, the carport caught on fire. It was a small blaze, and they soon put it out. Tell me, Titov said to Glenn, every time you have barbecue, you burn the house? A member of Titov's entourage remembered it as a long evening filled with burned steaks and superb Russian vodka. From there, they flew to Seattle for the World's Fair that had just opened there. Big crowds surrounded Titov and were reported to be surprised he was so friendly and charming. At the NASA Pavilion, he saw a replica of Glenn's Friendship 7 capsule and, doing his part for the Soviet agenda, blandly lied that it was tiny compared to the capsule he'd flown in, which was spacious. The next day, the Tidovs had lunch at Trader Vic's, then headed back to the fair with a gaggle of reporters dogging their every step and Kamenin hovering at Tidov's shoulder. A reporter asked Tidov if his spaceflight had affected his philosophy of life. Speaking through his interpreter, Tidov said, Sometimes people are saying that God is out there. I was looking around attentively all day, but I didn't find anybody there. I saw neither angels nor God. Jaws dropped. Up until the orbital flight of Major Gagarin, he continued, no God was helping make the rocket. The rocket was made by our people, and the flight was carried out by man. So I don't believe in God. I believe in man, in his strengths, his possibilities, and his reason. He didn't say shit, but what he did say fell like a bomb. Newspapers all around the country, 
previously charmed by him, now condemned him as a godless communist insect. Editorials spilled barrels of ink, thundering about Soviet anti-religious propaganda. It's not clear whether any of them noticed that he was paraphrasing a quote from the futurist poet Vladimir Mayakovsky's The Flying Proletarian. We've inspected the sky inside and out. No god or angels were detected. It was a sort of a slogan for the Soviet space program. The uproar didn't stop American teeny boppers from mooning at Titov. Titov's dashing good looks, wavy blonde hair, and bad boy attitude qualified him as a sexy teen idol. Back in New York City, for the last leg of the tour, he did a fawning interview with Seventeen magazine. At a Ford factory in New Jersey, two teenage girls off to one side made goo-goo eyes at him. One of them held up a handmade sign. Titov, yes. USSR, no.